Shafi, welcome to the Commerce Talks uh, podcast. It's it's getting later in the day. All the people are like focusing on dinner at restaurants and you're selling equipment for restaurants on your marketplace, um, <laughs> equip.com. Please tell me more about it and more about you. Sure. Um, uh, thanks for having me here, Alex. Uh, it's a pleasure. First, um, to introduce myself, uh, my name is Shafi Beg. I am the VP e-commerce at uh, equip.com and kawashelf.com. Um, I can introduce both of these uh, e-commerce places to you. Equip is a B2B uh, e-commerce and F&B equipment, uh, and we are a marketplace. So uh, people or business owners uh, who are looking to set up their cafes and restaurants and their kitchen equipment within, uh, we are the place that they generally uh, tend to incline to. Um, we started about eight years ago. We started as a retail business um where we would buy and sell equipment and um eventually we found that the needs of the business owners is quite a lot more vast than what we were offering so what we had to do was pivot to a bis uh, marketplace model uh get more marketplace vendors onboarded and uh actually move to a marketplace uh business um that has helped us uh, become the pioneers of uh, the phenomenal growth in restaurants and cafes that you've seen in Saudi uh, in the past few years. Uh, we were right at the forefront of it, uh, supporting our clients actually build those places and uh, specifically their kitchens uh, in these cafes and restaurants. And, and how, uh, can you tell us some numbers in terms of like how many products, uh, revenue, employees are working on Equip.com? Um, so in terms of products, I think we have more than 10,000 SKUs on Equip. Um, this includes some marketplace uh, products as well. Uh, in terms of employees, we have a total team of about 100 to 130 people uh, working with us, uh, excluding the technology team that we have. Uh, that is based out of Pakistan. And this is another like 20, 30 people or? Yes. Okay. And uh, it's more like 40 people, I believe. We're getting more into detail in, like with this business in a minute, but I understand yours, you still have a part of it um, in a retailing mode. So you, uh, you buy products on your own risk. It's your inventory and you sell it uh, with, an, uh, with a markup, right? That's yes. still part of the business. It's not 100% marketplace. It's like, I don't know. Yes, it's a hybrid, I would say. Okay. It's a hybrid. Uh, that's mainly because uh, we have some strong relationship with manufacturers. Uh, we have exclusivity deals with them. And we represent those brands of the region. Uh, oh, okay. And we are the success partners here. Um, so for those ones, uh, yeah. we are retail. And, uh, for the, and then there's marketplace for everything uh, to expand into the other categories that we generally don't have. Uh, to expand into the price points that we generally don't carry. So that's where Marketplace comes out. Yeah. And then uh, the, my briefing said uh, the other one is like a um, consumer coffee marketplace. What is that exactly? Okay. Uh, it's called sure. a Kawa. It's, uh, it's Kawa. Kawa, uh, Kawa shop. Uh, Kawa uh, or Gehua is the Arabic word for coffee. Um, so that's, it's basically like coffee shop if you translate it into yeah. English, but it's Kava shop, uh, and that's how we call it. Uh, it's again, uh, a coffee marketplace for home consumers, people who are really enthusiastic about coffee. Those B2C consumers. B2C, yeah. uh, consumers only. 
So people who really love coffee and they like to have uh, a nice setup at home, uh, this is the place uh, that uh, they come to. So what is a typical coffee connoisseur spending on Guava shop when he's buying the machine and all the equipment needed for producing high quality coffee? So uh, the equipment, uh, it really depends as to uh, how much the uh, customer wants to invest and how much of a connoisseur they are. Uh, but it can start all the way from a thousand reals, both equipment, uh, the espresso machine and the grinder, uh, with, uh, which is like 250 USD. Yep. Uh, and it can go all the way up to 30, 40,000 reals, which is like... 10,000. 10 to 15,000 USD. Uh, and this is just the equipment and the grinder itself. Uh, then there are accessories related to this. Oh, it can get really, it can get really, really interesting. Uh, and this is also a trend here in the region. So I, because I saw this is kind of a Western kind of thing where people are buying ridiculously expensive coffee machines and doing this barista uh, workshops to create their nice uh, coffee lattes. But this is a big thing here in the region. Uh, it is a very big thing here in the region. Uh, and are we, are we talking region with including GCC or it's, it's Saudi only? I'm speaking uh, mainly about Saudi. Uh, I believe there's a similar trend at the other places as well, but we're focused on in Saudi. Uh, we started in Saudi and Saudi is our main market. And it is a very big uh, trend here, uh, coffee, definitely. And uh, eventually it's going to be one of the uh, biggest coffee houses uh, or but the coffee culture in this place is developing so rapidly that I think in a couple of years, it's going to be at the way, uh, among the top ones in the world in terms of coffee culture, in terms of how people appreciate coffee uh, uh, and their level of taste uh, and okay. preferences. Got it. Those two business models we have to look in uh, in the next like 30 minutes. Let's see if we can edit it. Um, let's go back to equip.com. Um, if you like targeting restaurant owners, coffee shop owners, like all the people that need like um, this kind of kitchen equipment. So what is this online share? Because obviously you're reaching the online. What is what is the online share of um, 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 of this market? Um, because I would have, my suspicion would have been that those owners, because it's usually a huge investment for them, uh, they will go into some B2B store trying to getting the equipment um, on site. Because in many cases, they don't exactly know what to shop. They need kind of some guidance that tells them, okay, you need a refrigerator, this size, this specs, this whatever. Uh, uh, can you do this with equip.com? Um, actually, yes. Um, so <clears throat> you're absolutely right. Uh, that was generally the trend of the market when we started. Uh, but we knew e-commerce uh, is the future. It's definitely more convenient for people to buy. And if you move away from the main cities, so Saudi Arabia is really large. It has like three main, uh, like I would say the eastern, the western, and the central regions that are really be, uh, like heavily populated. But then there are other towns which are far away from these places. And uh, they have requirements as well with uh, cafes and restaurants. So definitely e-commerce is a much better way uh, for those consumers to shop. Um, or those business owners to shop. Um, so with Equip, what we have is our set of brands are uh, some of the most popular in the world. So we have, for example, Noah Simonelli when it comes to coffee, and they're one of the uh, one of the best when it comes to uh, coffee. Uh, 
there is a coffee championship and they use Noah Sim uh, Victoria Arduino machines, which is a sister company of uh, Noah Simonelli. So we carry both those brands. Uh, in refrigeration, we carry True, uh, uh, True Refrigeration, which is uh, from the USA. Uh, and similarly, we have uh, brands from Europe and from the US uh, in the cooking equipment line. Uh, so when it comes to reliability, when it comes to uh, the quality of the machines, uh, we have some of the best ones. And when it comes to understanding the, uh, the equipment itself, uh, we've invested a lot of uh, time and resources and making sure that the content on our website is top-notch. So you could go into uh, uh, a category or a subcategory and you would find like detailed filters to get to certain uh, choices that you want. So if you want, for example, in a coffee machine, two group heads, right? Uh, you could put that as a filter. You could put your price point. You could put certain special features that you want as filters and you'd get you'd get to a selection of equipment that we carry that suits those needs. So coffee machines is also a big part of equip.com? Coffee machine commercial is a very big part of equip, yes. Oh, okay. We're specialized in that, I would say. But you have some customers on uh, Guava Shop that are all, almost in the price range of commercial machines. Yes, yes, yeah, okay. yes okay, okay. it does. Okay, okay, got, got it. And, um, uh, so there's just one more thing uh, before we move on. So that's on the merchandising side on our website. Then we have in-house consultants. So we have uh, a team that helps customers select products. Uh, so they come with basic requirements like, okay, I want to open a coffee shop or I want to open a burger shop and this is my budget. And we sort of recommend everything to them. We take their drawings of what's the location size and we build a solution for them. And uh, then they place the order and it gets delivered. Then, then we have project management team who goes to the site, uh, who does the engineering work and who makes sure that the site is delivered to the client as per their expectations. Okay, got it. For, what, from, uh, let's say you're finding a, a, a new restaurant owner or somebody wants to open a, a restaurant. What kind of coverage would he find on equip.com in order to equip actually the restaurant? Okay. Um, also like tables, chairs, I don't know, napkins. What so <clears throat> we're, we're mainly focused on the kitchen of uh, the restaurant. So anything that goes inside the kitchen, um, you could find it there. I'm speaking mainly about the non-consumables. I'm speaking about all the stainless steel, the hoods, um, 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 the cooking equipment like fryers, griddles, um, yeah, ovens, like the big ones, uh, the bakery ovens and stuff. You'd find all of that on Equip. Um, and you would find multiple brands, multiple price points for all these equipment. And how do you help like, guide the customer here? Because I would assume like there's like many... Um still single owners of restaurant because like rest of the world you see like this franchising trend there's like lesser and lesser um single owned restaurants uh there's like getting into franchise business here i would expect still like a lot of like restaurants and coffee bars where um uh, uh which are owned by um standalone entrepreneurs um do we have kind of a filter where we say okay I want to open a burger restaurant and this is kind of the burger output i would expect and this is kind of the square meters I have for the kitchen, please recommend me what I should buy. Um, yes, that's exactly uh, what the consultants help help with. Um, they help. Well, that, that's, that's humans doing this. That's it's, uh, it, it is humans doing this. Um, uh, some of it is 
so some of the requirements that we receive are quite uh, uh, repetitive in nature. So in terms of the the output that the restaurant has to produce, the concept, or the location, it's quite common that we receive similar sort of requirements. So uh, we're able to sort of uh, help them uh, in, a, in, a, in a much faster fashion. And when there's like a restaurant owner um, being consulted by, by one of your team members, and then he's obviously getting kind of a recommended list of things and a personal discount, I guess. What is the conversion rate of such an, such an offer? Um, when it's personalized, when it goes through uh, what we call the growth team, uh, we call it the growth team within uh, our organization. These are the people that help uh, customers uh, understand their products, select what's needed, uh, uh, and of course, understand their needs and give them a certain set of, set of recommendations. Uh, I can say the, the, the conversion rate is at least um, six or seven X more than the traditional conversion rate that is on a website. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, we also have the solution on the website where they can go technologically, select what sort of concept they're looking for, select the budget that they have, and then it gives them a ready-made list of equipment. Um, it's sort of like a quotation that they can print. And with that quotation, they could be speaking to somebody from our consulting team or the growth team and uh, refining it to get to the final uh, point. And, and wh what, is the, uh, what is the status of development of your, of your uh, product providers? Because obviously you went into the marketplace game because you don't, you cannot like own all the inventory because you don't know if this stainless soot made for a huge burger restaurant would ever be shipped through your platform. So you don't want to have like on on your on your on your on on your balance sheet. On the other side, you have to rely now on vendors that are very inexperienced when it comes to the e-commerce game. So in many cases, they don't even have a picture of their of the stainless steel yeah. hood. In, even fewer cases, they have like a system that is connected to their inventory system where you can get like the status because maybe it's sold like to another customer and then uh, uh, then there's no inventory anymore. Then you would need to then you would need to have like the make to order information. How long would it take to to make it? And and I guess I don't know how many vendors. Maybe you can share the the numbers. How many vendors are selling through your platform? That seems to me like a big transformational game uh, you're playing because you need to educate not only the customers, but also like your, uh, your sellers. Um, so I think that's, a, that's an amazing question that you've asked. Uh, and I think it's going to go into a detail. Um, so first, I'll start with our vision. Our vision is to be the go-to store for uh, food and beverage F&B owners. And we want to be the success partners when it comes to them setting up their first restaurant cafe and also the subsequent ones that they actually do and uh, uh, over the over the past few years of we being doing this we have actually had customers who started as single entrepreneurs and then they scaled up to multiple locations uh, franchising and stuff um, to answer your question more directly um, this was a big challenge uh, not only was it a challenge to solve all of this but also convincing these marketplace vendors to join the marketplace uh, because this was a fairly new concept, a very offline industry. Um, so we had to spend some good amount of time, resources, and making sure that we explain the benefits of this um, and uh, offering lower commission percentages so that they get onto our marketplace. 
and uh, solving every bottleneck uh, that came their way. And this required us to invest heavily uh, in technology, um, in systems that uh, would enable uh, these marketplace winners to be successful. For example, uh, one of the biggest problems with an offline industry is the content, right? The images, the descriptions, uh, the product names, uh, and whatnot, right? The feature set and stuff. So we built an in-house product information management system. We call it the BIM, uh, where marketplace suppliers can easily upload products uh, through the system. And if they're facing difficulties, we have an in-house content team that finds uh, the products online, um, that fills out the content, and they do the complete legwork for the marketplace vendors. So we make it really easy for marketplace vendors to join us. Uh, we show them the benefits of joining, um, and they actually uh, get those benefits of joining. So it was a difficult challenge, but we continue to solve every bottleneck that arises with the marketplace. But do you see like from time to time still like this problem that the um, product that you've sold or that you've offered to customer is not available anymore because one of your merchants uh, wasn't in full control of their inventory system? Um, There's definitely uh, is something that arises uh, time to time, um, uh, especially when it comes to like smaller orders. Um, they, they're selling through multiple sources sometimes um, through their or own offline uh, store. And sometimes it could be through Amazon, like the smaller stuff. Uh, and the way we have tackled this far now um, is uh, we have uh, given them our technology expertise to provide exports on a daily basis or on a regular basis to update our stock, uh, uh, stock count in our system. So... This has, to a large extent, stopped the problem, uh, but it does arise time to time. Uh, it's more of a quick and agile way to deal with a problem, but it requires something more. And what I've also heard about, like this industry, especially like the um, electronic parts for the kitchen, like the you trying machines, whatever, um, that there was supply chain issues because of COVID, because there was lots of parts produced in um, in, in in China. Have you experienced that? Yes, definitely. Um, um, that's very true. Uh, we have experienced that. And uh, this was affecting not only our NPS scores, but, uh, you know, the customer satisfaction related to after sales and stuff. Um, so, again, uh, we had to react to this. We set up a, a couple of... We set up a structure where we would, we would solve the problem immediately. So at least from our end, we try to order those parts as soon as possible. Uh, we started uh, partnering with some of the big spare parts uh, uh, companies that stock, uh, sorry, are a marketplace of these spare parts. And we started like uh, making partnerships with them. So whenever we have some orders, where we don't have the spare part, we order through the manufacturer or through these marketplaces. So uh, I would say that has solved 80% of the problem, uh, but there is still a 20% problem, which I think should go away when mm -hmm. you know we have faster logistics. Okay, so not so easy to solve. And like from a gross perspective, um, you initially said there's like a, it's a booming market of like restaurants here. And I've heard it like time and time and time and time and time again, there's like a lot of like, um, Uh, uh, moving income class, uh, sozusagen, um, upcoming income classes here that can afford like restaurant uh, visits. 
um, more and more people are moving into the big cities here, Jeddah and, and, and Riyadh, um, expecting more international flair, whenever lots of hotels are, are opening. Um, how, what kind of organic growth would you expect for the Quip um, market within the next years? Um, next year, you said? No, next years. Next year. Oh, like, let's right. say until everybody's here throwing numbers in the room, like until 2030, uh, the guest here from the, uh, from the um, travel agency business said, They want to have like 100 million uh, tourists, for example. Right. So, right. Now it's 60, just in case you want to know. 60 million? 60 million a year. A year. Yeah, including the, uh, including the uh, domestic tourism and religious tourism. Ah, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, uh, especially after COVID, I think we were very well equipped. Um, again, it's a nameplate <laughs> to uh, help... Uh, We saw massive growth after during COVID, and uh, after COVID, it slowed down. Um, that allowed us to actually have a retrospective view of what customers actually want. Uh, are we providing what customers uh, need, and are we delivering to what the customers' uh, needs are? Right. So that has really helped us improve our processes, our systems, our product offering, prices. You name it. So everything that is related to actually growing a business. Um, I think in the next few years, uh, the market is definitely uh, geared for growth. Uh, I think there are more and more uh, e-commerce players coming into the market. More, uh, There's more than ever a uh, number of uh, manufacturers coming into the market. Um, so I think it's uh, definitely going to grow from here on. Okay, but, but um, you haven't shared like your revenue numbers on the Quip. If I, it's like 150 if I would have to guess, it's uh, somewhere in the 20 to 50 million dollar region a year, on a yearly basis. Um, Can that be? I need to convert that, but uh, yes. Yeah. And, but is it fair to say that um, you can expect an organic growth because there's so many new restaurants and kitchen are open like from at least 20% a year? Um, so in terms of uh, growth, I definitely think there will be more and more cafes and restaurants coming into the region. Uh, we know this through our clients. Uh, we know this through uh, people that have come from the UAE, the restaurants, uh, the, the food consultants, uh, everybody related to this industry that have yeah. come into the region. Uh, they tell us about their expansion plans. So there is definitely going to be growth. Uh, from our end, what we try to make sure is uh, we provide a great customer experience. Uh, we are their success partners. Uh, we give them the product selection that they need. And uh, uh, we make sure that at the end of it, we delight customers uh, when we deliver uh, the project. Uh, so in this way, uh, and also we have very nice online uh, uh, visibility and exposure. So if you search for equipment, if you search for content, you'll find equipment. Uh, uh, there. So uh, we do these things from our end and I'm definitely sure, uh, confident that uh, the growth will come. And uh, I think uh, now is the time than ever that Saudi Arabia is geared for that growth. And um, do you have like external funding for the business or is it like self-funded? Um, it is. Uh, so the business is self-funded. It is, uh, we're connected to Raktan Group. Uh, Rectan has been in this business for a long time, although it has been offline. Um, so online, we started about eight years back and it is completely self-funded uh, uh, from day one. 
Okay. And let's let's go. Let's spend a couple of minutes on the uh, Quava uh, Quava shop. So um, this seems to be kind of a high end niche. Uh, so if if you were asking me like from an internal from an external investors perspective, I would say okay, this this can never like grow bigger than I don't know twenty million. But the way you are describing it, there must be there must be even more market potential for it here in the region, right? I think uh, uh, the market potential continues to grow for coffee uh, from what we have seen. So we launched Cava Shop about, uh, I believe it has been like five years now. Yeah. And every year uh, it, it continues to grow. Uh, and people's awareness of coffee and their taste in coffee continues to uh, increase. And Are they replacing tea or because like, I think coffee was always like a very popular drink here in the region? Um, so I think one... Um, there are more and more coffee shops opening, right? And uh, more and more so, people want this in their houses. Um, so we we give them that solution. Uh, we allow them to have like high-end coffee machines at their homes. Uh, not necessarily high-end. We also have like a starting point of, uh, I believe, like three, four hundred from the Nespresso's. We go all the way up to like... Um, uh, they they call it like it's like uh, it's like jewelry at your house that uh, it's like a car at your house. It's, do you own such a machine? Um, some not the high end, but somewhere in the middle, I do. Yeah. Okay. And how often do you create your own or produce your own coffee with that machine? I think once a day, uh, and if I'm not at the office, it's like three times a day. So, and you invite friends for enjoying your coffee making skills? Definitely, yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I know a lot of people that are not, not like $10,000, but their machines are like 2,000, 3,000 plus like the Brista. That's uh, generally the, uh, the ones that are the best sellers. Uh, yeah. Like that, that is a sweet spot of people yeah. wanting to spend enough money to get the best out of their hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, they, but they, 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 because if you like create coffee with that machine, you have like, like 15 minutes that needs to heat up. And so it's like compared to like the Nespresso experience, it's quite some effort you have to put into create a good product a little bit more i would say uh it takes some time to heat up uh, to the right temperatures uh and then you would spend like three or four extra minutes to prepare it properly but the the, the final product that you receive i see <laughs> you're you full into this company and you're full into this, uh, this coffee thing and this um and this is also like working as a marketplace so you're not owning the inventory on the coffee machine it's like third party people providing machines Again, uh, it is a, sm a similar story to Equip. We started as retail, and we have certain brands uh, that we carry, and um, uh, those own coffee machine brands. <clears throat> yes, All coffee brands. Uh, coffee machine. Uh, we, we have uh, we are partners with manufacturers in Europe and the U.S. for coffee machines. We sell their brands, okay. retail basically. Um, <clears throat> but then again, there was this huge part of the market which was more of uh, accessories and coffee beans itself uh, that is uh, on Kawa Shop as marketplace. Um, and that is by far the biggest number of orders that we have on Kawa Shop. Nice. How do you see like development in the next couple of years for both uh, businesses? Will you start more businesses, more marketplaces like this, or do you have enough to do with just running those two? <laughs> um, I guess that's... Uh, uh, I'll really need to spend some good amount of time even trying to answer that. Uh, but what I see is uh, the region is definitely geared for growth. Um, 
and uh, there are more niche marketplaces coming in uh, that are trying to cater to one or a couple set of customers and doing it really well rather than trying to do everything and not catering to them that well. Um, so I think niche marketplaces are definitely on the rise. Uh, but in terms of being able to answer what you just asked, I don't have a specific answer. But you say both uh, both online businesses are part like of a bigger group uh, that owns it, right? Yes. And, and uh, I think for the and this group is also specialized in kitchen equipment and all the stuff, right? Yes. But and that's their online arm. Um, we are the online arm of yeah. uh, the, yeah. group, yeah. the Rattan group. But how much of like the revenue from this kind of group uh, is already like done via the online versus the um, brick and mortar retail? Um, I don't have specific uh, percentages for this, but uh, I believe uh, offline is still uh, it's it's still a big portion. That, that I guess I just want to understand are we moving like in a 5% just for me because it's an in, especially equipped it's a very interesting B2B proposition and try to understand so how far the market development in B2B if, if you would talk to me like in a more or less like developed European market I would have, I would have guessed like 10% and but it sounds it's, it sounds so big already it feels more than 10% for the whole group uh, uh, just no, it's, a, it's, it's definitely more than 10% for the group. Yeah. Uh, then it, then, and then as, as, yeah, as the years go on, it has been increasing. It, the, the online share has been increasing. As it COVID goes obviously was a big driver. And COVID was a big driver. And after COVID, of course, offline regained some of that share because people started yeah. shopping offline again. Um, uh, but yeah, until COVID, it was definitely online. Okay, then I have a last question uh, about like, in, in, especially in this business, like about circular economy. Does it make sense? Because some, you know, the single restaurant owners are very often not the most skilled business people. So sometimes they, they, they make wrong assumptions about the uh, popularity, about their food skills, whatever. And, um, and uh, after a year or so, they say, okay, I'm not earning money, I'm just losing money. Um, because you have all, all the information on the inventory, does it make sense for you to take it back and to put it like in a circular economy approach on your marketplace? Uh, so that's actually something we acknowledge. And uh, first, we try as much as we can to help them succeed. Um, uh, of course, but to sell more initially. Yes. Uh, but then there are, of course, instances where people want to sell their machine back um, so that they regain as much as possible of the investment that they've made. And that's where we have two solutions that come into play that we currently offer to the customers. One, we have used equipment. So when they purchase first time, it could be a used equipment. So they reduce the amount of uh, money that they spend. Uh, but then if they want to sell it back, then we have a used marketplace as well. Uh, they can sell on our marketplace and uh, we sell it for them. We put the content up and uh, uh, we basically... Uh, uh, put their machine back in uh, shape and we sell it for that. Um, so we... But on your... But um, you're not taking the risk back initially. So you you take the machine and say, okay, we sell it for you, but until is it so, until it's sold, it's still um, uh, it's still in the ownership of the customer. Right? It, is, it is a marketplace model. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Okay. Uh, but then there's another solution which is very interesting uh, that we offer to lower the barrier of entry for these business owners to start with. We offer a rental solution as well. Uh, so instead of buying equipment, they could be renting equipment for short term or long term. Uh, 
again, this is fully digital and we have done something which I would say even the car industry has struggled to do in the region. Uh, that is offer rental solution fully online, digitally without meeting the customer. Again, it's delivered and installed for the customer. Um, so what this allows them to do is <clears throat> test a concept or test what they want to do with, I would say, less than 10% of the investment that they would make uh, if they were going with new equipment purchases. And anytime that they feel like they want to return the equipment, we take it back. Or if they want to buy that same equipment, we offer them a purchase price for that equipment. Uh, but the overall budget price will be a bit higher, including like this kind of rental, uh, because you took some of the risk. Definitely. That's, uh, I mean, that has to be there for sure. Um, but what came out of this was uh, something amazing. In the past three, four years, uh, in Riyadh season, at Jeddah season, at the Dakar rallies that happened in Saudi, we happened to be uh, one of the, I would say, the biggest supplier of kitchen equipment for these events and uh, for the Dakar rally. Uh, ah, because they only needed for a couple of weeks or months. Exactly. So we were able to set up full restaurants for a couple of days uh, through our rental solution. And uh, we were able to offer it in record time for uh, uh, for our customers. But it's still a profitable business for you. So, um, Because when somebody's doing <laughs> just like an eight weeks ready Dakar or five days ready Dakar, you know he's not going to buy. Yes. So you must like uh, deploy a solution that still earns money for you. It's not like you cannot give away like a new, uh, a new uh, a machine like for only... 5% or 5% of the uh, retail price as a rental price. It must be higher, right? Uh, yes, that's true. And uh, the profitability is, uh, it's, it's really good uh, in, the, in the rental business because um, there are different factors that go into rental pricing, such as uh, how often are you renting this out? What is the price? And uh, how many days does it sit on the shelf versus how many days is it with the customer? And maintenance and stuff. So, but in general, it's a good profitability the rental business. Uh, but yeah, it comes at a little higher bit pi uh, price for the customers as opposed to buying it if they would see on a two, like a three, four year purchase cycle. Uh, but again, uh, a lot less risk and uh, a lot less to do with. Uh, we set up the complete solution for them. Does it make sure. sense for you to extend this service into other uh, regions? So mainly like uh, GCC, obviously, out of Dubai, already available. So Equip and Kawashaw both are startups from, uh, they started in Saudi. Um, they're big companies now. Uh, but we also ship to UAE, uh, uh, Qatar, and the other regions, Kuwait. So we uh, have our operations here, but we ship to other places as well. In UAE, we have more of a, we have more operations there. So we have a warehouse there. And uh, we also have uh, uh, an e-commerce team there as well. Very nice. Very cool uh, business model, online pure business model. Like from, an, from a company, it's kind of a transformation of business model because the company obviously came from a retail space and is a, is a bit older, already very successful. Definitely um, created some appetite for me to look into this coffee machine thing. Uh, sure. Uh, um, again, if, if I want to have someone, I definitely uh, call you back for some, uh, for some, uh, for some advice. Happy. Awesome. I would love that. Thank you for being on the Commerce Talk show.